just creating those moments of special time, even if it's only 10 minutes a day, but where your toddler gets your undivided attention, you know, you're not distracted by your phone, the baby, things like this, it's going to make a big difference in your toddler's world. And it's okay to ask for support to make this happen as well. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy Monday. This week on the podcast, we are talking about all things toddlers. I know a lot of you guys that listen to the podcast each week are second, third, fourth, and so time moms who might have toddlers at home. And one topic that I hear over and over again is how adding a new baby to your family can affect your other kiddos. So today I thought we would dive right into that subject. Devin joined me today from Transforming Toddlerhood. You might know her over on Instagram. She's got over 460,000 followers followers. Yeah. (laughs) And today, Devin and I talked about some tips you can do during your pregnancy to help prep your little or littles for your new baby. We talked about behaviors you can expect, tips for that first meeting, how to cope with dividing your time now that you have an additional child and more. And guess what? Before we get into this episode, I want to tell you guys about this super cool free event that Devin put together herself. She organized the fifth annual Transforming Toddlerhood Conference, which is a free virtual event for parents and caregivers of kids ages one to five, beginning in just a couple of weeks. It's from March 30th to April 3rd. So if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, it's about you know, two, three weeks from now. This conference brings together more than 25 leaders in toddler behavior, development, health, and parenting to share their best tools for overcoming the everyday challenges of raising a toddler while nurturing their development and creating confidence in your parenting. This is the only online parenting event to focus solely on the toddler years. Not only will you get access to the personal wisdom and strategies of the 25 plus incredible experts, you'll also have access to lots of free gifts worth thousands of dollars to help you navigate toddlerhood and empower your parenting. So cool. I know I'm going to be signing up. And the best part, this conference is 100% free, totally serious and no catches. So yeah, if you want to check out this conference and sign up to receive an alert when it's available, I've left a link in the show notes page of this episode for you to check out. All right, let's get right into this week's episode. Hi, Devin. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your platform, what you do, where are you from, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a toddler expert, an ICF certified coach, and the founder of Transforming Toddlerhood. And I created Transforming Toddlerhood about four years ago when I realized there is a huge gap 
and support for the toddler years. And here's the thing. Toddlerhood is a critical developmental period in terms of the brain development that happens during this time. And it's a really challenging developmental period for parents and caregivers and for toddlers because their brain's going through all kinds of rapid growth. So that led me, I just noticed there was no one talking about the toddler years. There's like general parent coaches talking about school age kids. There's a lot of people talking about the first year of life or pregnancy. And so I was the first toddler parenting coach out there on Instagram talking about toddlers on a daily basis. Love it. So you're the OG. I really am. I really (laughs) am. And so I developed Transforming Toddlerhood with the mission to dispel the myth that toddlerhood is terrible and to really change the conversation around the toddler years so parents can be empowered to really overcome the challenges, nurture their little one's development, and create confidence in their parenting skills. And that's what I do every day with Transforming Toddlerhood. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, today we are going to be talking all about that. I know a lot of you guys are pregnant for the first time, but I have a fair amount of you guys who are pregnant for the second time. And, you know, you're speaking to those followers who have a toddler at home or have another, you know, another child at home, or maybe they have two toddlers. I don't know. People have kids real close in age these days. So can you share maybe your top five tips that maybe moms can do during pregnancy to help prepare their firstborn or their secondborn, I guess, you know, if they have a toddler at home for a new baby coming? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a really big change. It's a big change in a child's life to, especially going from one child to a second child, because this first child is used to just having, you know, their parents undivided attention and there really isn't any, you know, anyone to have to share that with usually maybe a pet or something like this, but it's just a really big adjustment, but that doesn't mean that it has to be a bad thing. I mean, growing your family is a really exciting part of life and it's something that many people do. So there's a lot of things that we can do to really help little ones adjust to having a new sibling. And the first thing I like to talk about is give information, like really talk to your toddler about what to expect. And so this might be, you know, talking about the baby in your belly, showing them the like ultrasound pictures, even though it doesn't look like a baby, you know, yeah. but talking this about little black and white picture, right? like what, yeah. there's a baby in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. But reading books about becoming a big sibling. I mean, there's yeah. so many books in the last three years out there that are just yes. super helpful. All you have to do is go on Amazon. There's a million of them there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I know one thing that I did, we talked, so my son was three and a half. So he was like, I mean, a little, I guess, is that technically a preschool? Yeah. I'd say the toddler (laughs) age is one to four. I should have defined that from the beginning. I know. I was like, that's a good question. Let's define like this age group. (laughs) Yeah. So I consider toddlerhood ages one to four. Some people like to say toddlers are one to two and preschool ages three to four, but that actually I find doesn't necessarily help us with navigating a child's behavior because we might have younger toddlers ages one to two and older toddlers ages three to four, but 
in general, they're all in the same developmental period and struggling with a lot of the same things. It's just that the older group tends to have more verbal skills than expressive language skills than the younger group. And that's the biggest difference. But I consider that entire age range toddlerhood because they're struggling with the same challenges. Yeah, no, that makes sense. One big thing that I know Walter loved, again, he was, you know, three and a half when Rylan was born. So one thing that I did with him was we would play, like when I was still pregnant, we would play like baby brother. (laughs) So like, okay, can you get mommy a diaper? Like, you know, mommy's got to change the diaper. Can you go, you know, where the mommy keeps the diapers or, okay, mommy's going to feed the baby right now. So we would just, you know, you start to like, and he loved that. We did that for a few weeks before I had Ryland. And I feel like the transition was pretty good, but you're right that it just completely rocks their world. And I know some kids adjust, you know, better than others. Yeah, absolutely. It's different. It's really different for every child. And I absolutely recommend playing baby. And this is really great. It's part of this. The second thing that I recommend my second top tip, which is create involvement. So you can get your toddler involved in the preparation. So you really don't want to leave them on the side. You want to give them a sense of control. So you might want to let them help make small decisions. Like, should we put the socks in this drawer or this drawer or Something like that or getting them involved in a gender reveal or in the baby shower, like helping to open the gifts at the baby shower or things like this and playing baby, you know, and allowing them to just learn like how to change a diaper and things like this and just really making them feel part of the process can be so comforting to a toddler than feeling like they're sidelined and like watching it happen all around them. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now I'm thinking of like other things that I did during my pregnancy. When I was doing the room, I definitely had, I didn't do the sock thing, but that's a really good, that's like a really easy one. Like where should we put these or where should we put that? But Walter definitely, I had these little stickers that went on the wall and he definitely helped me you know, put the sticker, like the little, they're not stickers, but they're like the decal kind of things. So he helped me put those up, but that's a really good one as well. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I think that this really helps kids a lot. Just toddlers really thrive when they feel capable, when they feel like they have a role in the family when they feel connected to us. And so it's really hitting so many basic toddler needs there that it's super helpful. Another thing that I recommend is just getting curious about your child's experience. So this is, you know, asking questions about what do you think about having a baby? How do you feel about it? What are you excited about? And even if you have a one or two-year-old that doesn't have a high degree of expressive language yet, that is okay because, you know, toddlers can understand a lot more than we sometimes give them credit for because receptive language develops way before, typically way before expressive language. So your toddler can still understand. And even if they can't answer you, the fact that you're getting curious, you're creating that connection and they're going to feel loved and seen and heard, even if they can't fully respond and you're setting up a habit of communication. So you're rewiring your brain to get curious, to ask your toddler questions. So guess what? In a year when they are able to respond, then this is already going to be a habit for you in the way that you communicate with your child. And it's going to be helpful in so many other situations as well. 
I love that. That makes me feel so good too, because my little one now, Ryland is 16 months and he's, he's starting with that now where he's very receptive, but not, you know, not saying a whole lot, but I talk to him a lot. And so it makes me, I guess, feel good that I know that he's at least getting it. Maybe he's not saying it back, but you know, it makes me feel good that at least he's kind of understanding what's going on and feeling loved. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It it really is so helpful. And then before you know it, they're going to be responding and it just sets like such a great foundation for communication down the road. Another tip that I have. So when you're prepping your toddler for a baby is to not make any unnecessary transitions. So Um, what I mean by this is like, sometimes we're thinking, okay, gosh, my child's like 26 months, 27 months. I feel like if we could just get them into a toddler bed, then we could use the crib for the baby or, oh my goodness, it's going to be so tough having two in diapers. We better get this little one potty trained before the baby comes, these types of things. So typically toddlers you know, their sense of emotional equilibrium kind of gets off kilter when there's a big change happening and having a new sibling is a big change. And so this is where we want to try to keep other things the same. And we also want to follow their needs and their developmental trajectory and their, yeah, what they need versus following our agenda and saying, well, we need this crib back. So they're going to have to move to a toddler bed or something like this. Like we really, cause typically whenever we create those big transitions, because the baby's coming, they typically backfire and it just becomes more challenging. Yes. You're totally right on that. We tried to space the top. We did the toddler bed before Rylan was even, I don't even think I was pregnant at the time, but then potty training was around, like we did that before as well. But that, I mean, it just makes sense though. You think, okay, my child's two and I'm about to have another child. It would be really nice to not have to buy two sizes of diapers. So like, let's just knock this out (laughs) and get this going. But it's, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Well, what is your last tip? That was are we on four? Do you have yeah, one more tip? Four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I also just want to say like some kids will be ready, but yeah. the thing is, yeah. is we want to make the decision on the child's developmental capabilities and readiness versus only on our agenda. So yeah. that's the most Makes important sense. takeaway there. Makes and sense. then the last one, which is the most important is providing reassurance of your unconditional love. And this is just yeah. finding moments to communicate that I love you no matter what, and a baby won't change that because toddlers, I mean, their biggest fear is losing our unconditional love and acceptance. And a new sibling can feel like a threat to that, especially if they've never had to share your attention before. And so it's just really great to find moments to find ways, because of course it's assumed, like, you know, this in your mind, but you're taught, we assume like a child just knows these things, but a toddler actually needs a lot of reassurance to feel safe and secure in that fact. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, well, let's move on to once baby is actually here. Do you have advice for kind of that first meeting when your toddler, your you know one to four year old meets their new sibling for the first time? 
Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes what we think is like, okay, we're going to hold the baby and let toddler come in and show them, like present them the baby. And, but I actually don't recommend doing it that way. I actually recommend having the baby like in their car seat carrier or in a bassinet or something like this, where the baby is like on their own content for a moment. And then let your toddler come and hold your toddler and create that connection with them in this moment while introducing them to their new sibling. So that physical connection and, you know, continue providing that emotional connection and that reassurance of, you know, here's your new sibling. Look, he's smiling at you. You know, I know babies don't necessarily smile like right away, but it's like, yeah, you know, but that, you know, he's moving as he's saying hi or something like exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, cause this is the thing you get to start creating the narrative of the sibling relationship on day one. And I think that sometimes we forget how much power we have in cultivating that relationship. And so saying simple things like translating some of the baby's like movements and things to create connection between the siblings is super helpful. And, you know, just again, providing that emotional reassurance and, you know, really holding your, your toddler and giving them that physical connection when they meet their sibling. And then, you know, do you want to hold him or do you want to hold her? And then like setting that, look, you're doing it. And, you know, oh, I can see your baby brother really likes you. Yeah. He knows that you're, you're going to help him and you know, whatever we can create a narrative from the beginning. I think it's just so important. And another thing we can do to kind of create that bond and that connection right away is have a gift for the toddler to open from the baby. Yeah. I did that big, yeah, big advocate of that. My child, I can already tell that his love language is gifts. I mean, the kid loves little presents. (laughs) So we did that and Rylan got him a gift. I mean, he was like, we talked about it before, you know, when I was pregnant that, okay, when baby comes, like we didn't know if he was boy or girl, but baby's going to bring you a gift, you know, when the baby comes. And he was like all about that. And I actually, you might disagree, but I got him like a, bun- you know, I wanted it to be like Christmas morning, you know? So I got him like just a, bun- like a big basket of things. And I, I wish I would have gotten him either just one thing or I had, I would have gotten him, like, I still maybe would have gotten him a bunch of things, but like given them to him over a certain period of time. Cause he got bored really quick. <laughs> I was like, oh, ah, yes. I shouldn't have done it this way. <laughs> yeah. But this is great because listen, you didn't do anything bad or wrong. And yeah. so I love that you're sharing the story because it's so important for everyone to understand there is not a right way or That's a wrong right. way. That's right. right? There's not a right way or a wrong way here, but you get to see what works for you and your family. And guess what? You tried it one way and you learn from it. And if you're ever in that situation again, you're going to make a different plan and try that. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Totally. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's move on to behavior and let's talk about maybe some things that mom's parents can expect in terms of behavior of your toddler after baby joins the family. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about what a major adjustment this is for kids. I mean, and one reason is that, you know, toddlerhood's a really egocentric developmental period. And on top of that, toddlers also lack the brain development 
to really be able to regulate their emotions and control their impulses. And so there's just a lot going on there and any type of big feelings and emotions, whether it's excitement or it's disappointment or frustration can start to unravel a child's behavior. So, you know, because toddlers are really physically independent, but they're still quite emotionally dependent on their safe and secure base, which is their, their parents. Yeah. And, and a baby can feel like a threat to this in some ways. So it could be common to, you know, have a toddler experience some big emotions like jealousy, frustration, excitement, or like separation anxiety, or have tantrums or test limits more often, especially when you're holding the baby and you can't just necessarily get up and run right after them or like have parental preference or kind of be rough or handsy with the baby, maybe have a regression in, in feeding themselves or toilet, toileting or something like this, or generally what we might just label as like acting out. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing is toddlers don't react the same way. And you know, a toddler might be really great the first few weeks. And then they realize, oh my goodness, this baby's not, not going, going back. Here. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. your toddler might say, I want the baby to go back in your belly or oh, something. Yeah. This is super common. Yep. And yep. so I just want to say, this doesn't mean your toddler doesn't like the baby. What your toddler's trying to say is I'm having a hard time coping with these changes that are happening in our family. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, I got a nice detailed story for you guys today. So this gal says, at my 37-week appointment on Monday, 11-15, I asked my OB to do a cervical check. I was two centimeters dilated and 70% effaced. The next day, Tuesday, 11-16, my water broke at work at 11.30 a.m. I called the office and they had me go to the hospital because I was closer to there than the office. I arrived at triage at 12.30 p.m. and they confirmed that my water had broken. I was forced centimeters and 70% effaced and admitted we were going to have a baby. Yay. I could see on the monitor that I was having contractions, but I couldn't really feel them. My husband arrived once I was in L&D. He had to go home and grab the bag and, of course, pack for himself. And shortly after, at around 3.15, the nurse told us that they were going to start Pitocin because I still wasn't really feeling my contractions, nor were they regular according to the monitor. Pitocin started at 3.30 and we rode that wave, not feeling a darn thing until 10.15 p.m. At 10 p.m., I was at 24 on Pitocin. My nurse had me transition to a birthing ball to help get things moving so we wouldn't have to start over with the pit. So I'm bouncing on the ball and at 10.15 p.m., I felt him fishtail into position in the center of my belly, had been living on the right side, and we were off to the races. Uh-oh. <laughs> When my nurse came in at 10.30, I told her I could feel contractions finally, and she had me stay on the ball for a little bit. At 11 p.m., she came in, and we tried hands and knees. I only lasted there until 11.12. My contractions were coupling, and the pressure on my knees was just too much. We moved to my left side with a peanut ball, and I swear to you, I just entered into transition instantly. Oh, my goodness. Everything was happening so quickly that I felt like I wasn't getting a true rest in between contractions. I kept hitting the nurse's button. Okay. I hit it twice. She said, 
<laughs> telling them I needed it to slow down. At this point, I thought the Pitocin was just too much as I think I was just asking for that to back off. I was kindly told that this is just labor and to deal with it essentially. <laughs> then my sweet nurse, Courtney, came in and she really listened to me, knew I was committed to going natural and asked if she could check me. She checked me and I was nine and a half centimeters. She had me do a baby push to try and get that last half a centimeter to move and it did. She said, okay, we're gonna push. Dad, grab a leg. And I said, what the F? <laughs> Apparently I was quite efficient at pushing because all of a sudden there were a million people in the room cheering me on. When that ring of fire hit, I wanted to be done. My husband coached me through and told me I had to keep going. Our baby was right there. He could see his head. They had me feel his head to motivate me as well. After 15 to 20 minutes of pushing, I successfully delivered our seven pound, five ounce miracle at 12.43 a.m., completely unmedicated. The birth high was so real and I'm still in awe weeks later at what my body is capable of. Thank you for setting me up with the knowledge and tools to help me keep calm during my sprint of a labor and delivery. Oh my goodness. I love that story. <laughs> she went into so much detail and I just, I can like see her personality <laughs> coming through these messages. <laughs> All right. If you want to check out the course that this mom took, she took birth it up the natural series and you can head over to mommylabornurse.com and click on the natural series. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that moves into the next topic of like, can you share maybe some top tips for older siblings once baby is here? Maybe not just for the first meeting, but like once we're kind of adjusting, <laughs> what are some tips that we can help them with? Yeah. So I definitely recommend like still using some of the things that we talked about, yeah. like in the preparation side of this. So the involvement piece. And yeah. so we don't want to make them like, make them feel like they have to, like you're big enough that you can go get this or that. Like we don't want to make it yeah. like something they have to do, but yeah. whenever we frame it as like, you know, how helpful they're being like toddlers really, I mean, okay. It doesn't seem like it half the time, but toddlers truly do want to please us because they don't want to lose our unconditional love and acceptance. It's just you know, how they're wired. And so they want to be helpful. They want to feel like they have a place in the family. They want to feel capable. So getting your child involved, your toddler involved in whatever this might look like for your family in terms of caring for the baby, still getting curious about your little one's experience, especially if their behavior seems a little off kilter, it's time to get curious there and still providing that reassurance because they're going to need this for many months. And especially as the baby grows and develops, because, you know, you might hit a sweet spot after three, four months. And then all of a sudden the baby's crawling and like touching the toddler's toys. And now all of a sudden we're like back into, you know, some of the challenges yeah. again. We definitely had a little bit of that issue once Did Rylan you? was a little bit older. Yeah. Which I mean, super common. I know that that happens with almost, almost all siblings. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's typical. And this is where I have actually a, a tool that you can add to, you know, the things that you might already be doing that can be really supportive. And this is a really, really powerful positive parenting tool because what it does is it motivates a child to have more of the behavior you want to see, which is acknowledging the positive behavior. So mm -hmm. when we tend to like, when things are smooth sailing, when things are going well, we tend to say, kind of like maybe tune out or 
sit back and take a break and which is totally fine. We should totally do that. But it's also an opportunity to say, Hey, I thank you for bringing the pacifier. You found that pacifier on the floor. Thank you for bringing it over here or something. Oh, you're playing with the baby and shaking the toy. That's really helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. The more positive, the better. (laughs) Exactly. We want to show a child we see the positive behavior because when a toddler starts noticing that we're noticing that behavior, they're going to want to do more of it because it's getting them that, that connection, that attention, that connection. So if we're only like focusing when like the toddler is like running away, throwing something, you know, causing chaos, then we're inadvertently reinforcing that behavior because there are a lot of the acting out we see when there's a new sibling Mm -hmm. and you know, the general behavior we call acting out is really just your toddler trying to make a bid for connection, but they don't know how to say, Hey, I'm feeling a little bit disconnected and I just need to feel close to you right now. So I'm trying to get your attention so I can get that need met. They can't say that. So that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense why it's not like, I know I'm way more perceptive to like when my child's misbehaving than when my child's like doing something really positive. So it's like, you feel, I mean, you feel bad as a parent that I'm talking more about, you know, don't climb up on the table or like, don't. I totally get that. It's like, it's more present in your brain that they're like being bad versus like when they're doing little good things. You're just kind of like, I know I do that. I'm like just watching that my child is playing nicely with his brother. And instead of saying, oh, you're doing such a good job playing nicely with your brother, I'm just watching them playing nicely. You know, I'm just watching him playing nicely with his brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's just really starting to really train ourselves to like build that muscle that when we notice, when we're aware of this behavior, just to say something out loud, like, oh, I see you two playing together. looks like you're having fun. Something like that, you know, like that, just narrating what's happening. Yeah. Is, is enough to reinforce the behavior. Like we don't have to like do anything like special or like create like a really specific script or something. It's really just like observing what's happening and then describing it out loud. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Any other tips you have for older siblings? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I look at, and so I create a workshop called toddler meets baby that really like dives deep into all aspects of helping your toddler cope with a new sibling. And one thing that I do in there is I I look at six different common like traps that we fall into accidentally or unknowingly fall into whenever we're introducing a toddler or helping a toddler cope with a new sibling. And so I want to talk about one of those things specifically, because this one happens a lot and it's something we do automatically and usually without noticing. And so this is a place where we can start cultivating awareness and creating a shift. So the trap we typically fall into is this accidentally blaming the baby for why a toddler can't do or have something. Mm. And so we've probably all been there and, and that no one's doing anything bad or wrong here. It's just what I'm pointing out that it's not super effective and it can actually create more of the behavior you don't want to see because it makes the baby an obstacle for getting attention and getting connection and getting needs met. So it can just put 
your toddler and your baby more at odds. And so what we want to do in these moments is turn the no into a not yet. And this is a tool that I teach and parents and talk to parents about a lot. And so what I mean by turning a no into a not yet is like, instead of saying, no, I can't play with you. I'm feeding the baby. The baby has to eat. She's hungry right now. Something like that. What we want to do is say, oh, you want to play blocks? I love playing blocks with you. I'm going to play blocks with you in 15 minutes when the baby's done eating. Here, let me set the 15-minute sand timer, and I will be there as soon as the sand runs out, you know, something like yeah. that. So it's I a game play blocks changer. with you, Devin. That was just such nice <laughs> communication. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really a game changer because yeah. you're going to have less tantrums, less meltdowns, less yeah. testing limits. Your toddler is going to feel connected to you. Your toddler is not going to be resenting the baby as much. And everyone's needs are met in that moment. I love that. I'm a big fan. I have my I have a visual timer on my desk for myself and my my four-year-old also has a visual timer. So I love that you said the sand one because that's just, I'm sure, another way for them to visualize time. Because sometimes I know that's a big issue with us is that they just don't have any any understanding of like, I'll, you know, we can do it in five minutes, but they don't understand what five minutes is. Oh, I know. It's so funny. <laughs> and then you see toddlers like trying to like, like show that they know, like yep. they want to, they want to show you like, Hey, I get what you're talking about. So they'll be like, Oh, can you do this in 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> they don't really know what it is. It's so cute. But so the thing is, I actually recommend getting on like Amazon and there's some for under $20, you can get like a five pack of sand timers. And I think oh. they range from like, like one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, there's like an assortment. So then you kind of have some different ones to use yeah. for different situations. And they're super, super helpful in the toddler years. That is cool. That is great. Yeah, we do the little visual. It's like a whole hour. And we're Walter's, you know, he's four and a half now. So he's it's starting, you know, we're just starting with telling time in general. So I feel like the visual timer I got and it, and it works really well. But if he were younger, I would 100% go with those, the same, because I feel like that would have really, really helped us before his, before he was old enough to where this is now working with, with yeah. us. Yeah. One, uh, that one is great, can be great for older kids, yeah. but for like a two-year-old yep. it's their attention span and impulse yes. control is so low. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk more about time. So I know a lot of moms are worried. This is something that I worried about, as I'm sure so many of us do. I know a lot of moms are worried about dividing their time and having enough love for both of their children. Can you just speak on this quickly? Yes. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I mean, this is just such a huge stressor in the back of my mind and it's, and sometimes in the front of mind and in yeah. all sides of the mind, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the thing to remember is, is that there's nothing bad or wrong about expanding your family. There's nothing bad or wrong about change. And no, most people, most humans have, you know, a specific reaction to change and change is harder for toddlers and sharing is harder for toddlers because they're in this more egocentric uh, stage of development. And so I think like the biggest thing I have to say to all the mamas out there is it's okay not to please everyone. 
So it's not your job to make your toddler be happy all the time or to protect them from certain feelings and emotions that we typically label as negative or we're like uncomfortable with. It's okay for your toddler to feel upset, to have some tears. It's okay for your toddler to have to work on their impulse control and learn to wait. You know, if you're changing the baby's diaper and your toddler wants some milk right now, it's okay if they get upset and they have a hard time waiting because they are learning. You are learning and your toddler's learning and everyone's allowed to learn alongside each other. So it's not so much about keeping your toddler from getting upset. It's about how you respond to them. That's the thing that matters. So it's looking at like, am I shutting down their emotions or making them wrong or bad for feeling upset? Or am I trying to fix it and distract them away from their emotions? Or am I allowing them to feel their emotions and really accept it and support them through it? And when we can accept the emotions and support a child through it, which takes some resilience building on our part, and it's not going to look the same every day. Someday our capacity is going to be lower for this. Some days it's going to be higher for this, but whenever you're doing this with your toddler, you're helping them build that emotional resilience because toddlers actually need to practice falling to pieces and getting re-regulated with our help to learn self-control, to learn that self-regulation. And it's a skill that that's learned over time. And so I just want to say like, there's nothing bad or wrong about it. And if your baby's crying and if your toddler's crying, you just feel like you can't be everywhere at once. It's okay. You're allowed to have all the feelings and emotions and it doesn't mean anything about you as a parent. Love it. And I'll, I'll say to that too, it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> if you have yes. help available, ask, ask for it. <laughs> yes. It's okay to ask for help and to look at your needs and say, how can I get these needs met? And then ask for the support. And, you know, something else you can do, like if you really want to focus, like building up your relationship with your toddler, with um, a baby around is just looking for those small pockets a couple of times a day, just to have that one-on-one time. Yeah. I did. You know, whether you're just playing whatever your toddler wants to play for five or 10 minutes or reading your toddler, some books, it's just the two of you, something like this, that, you know, just creating those moments of special time, even if it's only 10 minutes a day, but where your toddler gets your undivided attention, you know, you're not distracted by your phone, the baby, things like this. It's going to make a big difference in your toddler's world. And it's okay to ask for support to make this happen as well. Totally. That's definitely my advice that I give to people. And I would love to hear if you have any last advice for moms getting ready to grow their families, but that's definitely mine of like, even if it's only five minutes or 10 minutes a day with your older sibling, like that, I feel like that really helped my older one of, okay, I knew that I'm like, I can work in five minutes here or 10 minutes here to play Legos with you or to go outside or do something, you know, and it really does. I mean, it makes a huge difference, even that small amount of time. Yeah, it really does. It's amazing how the small amount of time can make such a big difference. I guess my parting advice is really just to remember that you and your toddler are going through a big adjustment and it's something that neither of you have experienced before. I mean, even if like this is your third baby, you're still have never experienced having two other children and a baby. So it's, it's a new point. Yeah. Right. It's still new. It's still, there's still a newness to that journey. So what I always say is don't forget about you. 
get the support you need and taking care of you will allow you to have more bandwidth to take care of your kiddos. And it's not, it's not only the physical aspect of, you know, taking care of you and asking for support there, but also taking care of the emotional side of you and just acknowledging and accepting your feelings and emotions, even the big ones or the uncomfortable ones. And when we can start doing this for ourselves and offering ourselves a little bit of compassion, it becomes a lot easier to do it for a toddler as well. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's a lovely way to wrap up this episode. Devin, thank you so much. Can you remind our listeners where they can connect with you on social media and what other resources that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can always find me on my website at Transforming Toddlerhood or on Instagram at Transforming Toddlerhood. And if you click my link in bio there on Instagram, you'll see my freebies that I have there. You'll see all of my workshops that you can take part in and especially the Toddler Meets Baby workshop where we really just dive a lot deeper into the behavior challenges and how to overcome them like hitting and regressions and tantrums and how to build the sibling relationship and looking at the traps that we accidentally fall into and how to shift out of them. And another thing that's really exciting is every year I host this big conference that is free called the transforming toddlerhood conference, which gathers more than 25 experts and thought leaders in parenting and toddlerhood and that Yeah, to come together and to allow you to learn more about the toddler years. And that's coming up on March 30th, 2022. And we'd love to see you all there too. And it's a really amazing event. I mean, last year we had uh, 50,000 people uh, join us for the event. And so I think it's probably going to be double that this year. And everyone says like, what a great opportunity it is to learn and how catching even one episode is life-changing. That's amazing. Well, we'll definitely link that in the show notes for people to check out. Devin, thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really a pleasure and it's my passion. As you can see, like I love toddlers. It's my passion. So thanks for giving me the opportunity. I love pregnancy and it's my passion. And I like connecting with people who also have passion. So (laughs) pleasure to connect with you. Wonderful. Thank you. What a great episode, guys. And don't forget, if you've got a toddler at home and want even more, check out Devin's virtual parenting event happening in three weeks. This is a free virtual event featuring 25 plus leaders in toddler behavior, development, health, and parenting who share their best tools for overcoming the everyday challenges of raising a toddler while nurturing their development and creating confidence in your parenting. This event is totally for you if you want to learn to stay calm and respond intentionally, cultivate physical and emotional health in your home, make sense of your toddler's behavior, know what to do and say when your toddler has challenging behavior, bounce back from tantrums and meltdowns, and create more peace, cooperation, and happiness at home. I mean, who wouldn't want those things, right? Over 75,000 parents and caregivers from around the world will be participating in this powerful event. This is the only online conference to focus solely on the unique challenges parents and caregivers face during the toddler years. The link to sign up is right in the show notes page of this episode. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. 
If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.